When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome Podcast. Welcome to episode 46 of The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. As always, I know there are any number of things that you can do with your time, so I appreciate that you make it a point to set some aside so you can spend it here. Once again, it is my job to make sure you're getting a return on that investment. Just know I get that. I know that. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you, so thank you very much for being here. And I know why you are here. The same reason I'm here. You're looking for something, and frankly, I really believe that I know what it is. You're looking for and to be the best version of yourself. You just are. I know it sounds like some lame or whack cliche, but just hear me out. You're here because you want to feel better about yourself and about what you see when you look in the mirror and to develop a better way of thinking and acting and executing and processing and experiencing life before it's too late. I know. Me too. That's why I'm here. And it's not too late. It's not too late if you start doing the hard work and don't BS yourself either. And I mean the hard work, the deep work. It's not too late if you start doing the hard work on yourself right now. And my guest today is a perfect example of a guy who did just that. Extraordinary and exemplary work on himself. Long before the advent of social media, where almost no one and nothing is what it seems, I would say about the athletes I covered or the celebrities we see on TV or on the big screen that we really do not know any of these people. And we still don't. And my guest today is no different. He is an enormous celebrity, but I would imagine you have no idea who he really is or what he really endured or the years of hard work that he poured into himself in order to save not only his marriage, but maybe even his own life. Work that led to what I think is one of the greatest reinventions and transformations I have ever seen. I'm talking about actor slash author slash artist slash father and husband, Terry Crews. An incredible person with an extraordinary story on inspiration, motivation, and yes, massive transformation. It's episode 46 of The Reinvention Project with actor Terry Crews, and it's coming at you right now. Now, Terry, you and I have never met. We've never spoken, although I am on record as saying White Chicks is the finest movie ever made. (laughs) And I mean that, my man. I mean that. That said, we are here to speak about a lot more serious matters than that. But it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Reinvention Project pod. Thank you so much for doing this. Terry, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Doing good. Thank you. You are a legend, brother. You're a legend. My man, you too. You too. It is so great (laughs) to talk to you and hear your voice. Listen, you have so many different things that we could talk about, and you've got a brand new book, Tough, My Journey to to True Power, which is incredible. I want to talk to you about that in a moment, but first, I want to ask you about your show, America's Got Talent. You've had an amazing career in film and TV. You've done so many different things, but how much fun are you having hosting America's Got Talent, and what do you like best about that gig? Oh man! First of all, I, I, it's it's a show that I would do for free. Um, we're literally giving dreams away, man. Um, 
I don't know anybody who just saw the, the recent season 17 premiere as I, I got to give away my golden buzzer to a young man by the name of Avery Dixon, who had been bullied all his life. And he came on there with a talent of playing a saxophone. And I hit my golden buzzer for this brother. And when you get a golden buzzer, it sends you straight to the live shows. I mean, it changes your life instantly. And having that ability, man, it gives me goosebumps because it just reminds me of me coming up in Flint, Michigan, just wanting to make it, wanting to survive. And man, to be able to do that for someone else is just, an, it's unbelievably wonderful. It, it, it literally makes me so happy and fills me with joy. And it makes my, gives my life purpose every day. You know, I was going to say to you, Terry, it's one thing. It's business. Business is business. The show is the show. But I can even hear it in your voice. It resonates, right? Like you just try to. But can you put into words what it feels like to know that you have that ability to change somebody's life? Wow. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to put it in one word or, or any a few words. But it's just that, hey, man, this is why you are who you are. This is why I feel like I've been blessed with success. Um, you got to understand, coming from Flint, Michigan, it, it was one of the worst upbringings uh, you could po possibly imagine. I mean, you know, I was a child of the crack epidemic when, you know, it, it hit the 80s in Flint really hard. And also my, my, you know, I had domestic violence in the home and then, you know, coming up from sports and, you know, I'm an old football player, man. A lot of my friends are, are living lives that, you know, even when they played now are just like always looking back like, man, those were the good old days. But here I look and I'm like, why did I make it? Why did I get blessed? Why did I survive when so many others didn't? And it's to do things like this. You know, it's like to in, in order to give back to other people, to be able to pay it forward, to really be a blessing and not just be a taker, but be a giver, man. This is what it's all about, man. And, and it really, really gets the ego out of it. But it makes you know that you have a purpose. And this is the reason why you've been blessed is to bless other people. All right. So you're blessed and you have tremendous gratitude. You have tremendous perspective. And we'll get into all of this, Terry. But to answer your own question, you know, maybe it was rhetorical. But if I were to put it to you, you're right. You were surrounded by so many people and you were one of the few that made it out. You were one of the few that were able to overcome. Now, granted, you went through so much and put in the work, the hard work. But why do you think you were so fortunate and made it out when so many don't? You know, it, I, it's, it's hard to say um, there's there's certain things. There were people that, that took an interest in me. There were people who just said, hey, man, like, I have to break it down. I had a high uh, a middle school uh, football coach who believed in me like nobody else did. And I, my parents weren't even, uh, you know, into sports. My father didn't like sports. My mother didn't like it. She was religious and the whole thing. And this guy came to my house and begged my parents to let me play. And because he said, hey, this is a way out for this kid. He can actually get a scholarship and playing football and it can get him out of Flint, Michigan. And listen, he believed in me when nobody else did. I didn't get a scholarship. I actually walked on to my college, you know. Uh, but the thing was, is that the reason he he saw that in me gave me the impetus to do that. And also I had an art teacher who saw my artistic ability and he was like, man, 
you are the, one of the best artists I've ever seen. And he really filled out all the applications for me. And, and I didn't even believe in myself. And he got me my first scholarship, which was an art scholarship to Western Michigan University and to Interlochen Arts Academy. So I have to look at it. There were certain people who just believed and I let them do what they do. Like, you know, and sometimes you, you know, you got people who are always trying to help you, but if you don't let them help you, you then you, you really are just going to pass up an opportunity. And I thank God that I let the people who are put in my life to help me, I let them do what they're supposed to do. Bam. Maybe my favorite sound ever. I mean, I love that sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Let me tell you about Shopify. It allows entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is, in fact, a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, I know this. I know where I started, and I know where I am right now. And I know that I would not have gotten there without Shopify. Fact. Like, I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. So yes, like mine, Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Do this. Do this for me. Do it for yourself. Go to shopify.com slash Rome. It's all lowercase and get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Take a test drive. Find out for yourself. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E right now. Once again, shopify.com slash Rome. Okay, so I accept this. This makes sense to me. That said, not everybody was putting you in a position where you could benefit or you could thrive or you could grow. Your new book, Tough, My Journey to True Power, is an unbelievable read. You do not hold anything back. You put absolutely everything out there, Terry. What was that like to write, and why did you decide to do so? Because, first of all, you know, you have to understand in the world of celebrity, you can have an image and the, the image of Terry Crews became bigger than who Terry Crews really was. You know, people look at movies, they look at TV, they look at sports, they look, they, they idolize people. And then when I say idolize, it's exactly what it sounds like. And then what happens is when people implode and things fall apart, everybody goes like, but how could it be? Oh my God, this is Terry was the man. And then it, and let me tell you something. What the problem is, is that I, for a long, long time, I let that image lead me everywhere. That image became more powerful than who I was. I built that sucker up, but I was, my internal Terry Crews did not meet the external success that Terry Crews had. And I mean, to the point where my wife said, I'm out of here. And let me tell you, man, one reason I wrote this book was to really put, you know, put everything out there, man, warts and all to kill that image. You have to know Terry Crews is just a human being and man, and I want to kill the image so that you can understand 
that we really are in this thing together, man. There is no difference between me or you. And whereas uh, there was a lot of times for years, I was really complacent, like, you know what? I am special. I am better than other people. You know what I mean? And it always led me wrong. It always told me the wrong thing. And let me tell you, man, once I really got it, I'm, I, don't, I mean, I've been in both worlds from sports. And I, I mean, at the highest height of sports and entertainment. And I realized that I wasn't happy, that that's none of that stuff really satisfies you, makes you happy, even though it sounds good, lots of money, all this stuff. It's a great thing to have. But dude, I knew a lot of people who were playing in the league and killing themselves. I mean, literally committing suicide later. And it's one of those things, man, that I was headed into a, on a direction that, you know, I saw myself imploding, you know what I mean? And I saw that it was going to all come crashing down. And thank God, thank God I was able to see it and I was able to get therapy and really realize that I needed to change in a major way. I mean, Terry, there is so much in that fascinating response. And, you know, you and I are talking on a podcast. This is not my normal day job where we just talk sports. This is a podcast of transformation and reinvention and growth. And this is what we're talking about. I mean, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but all of us suffer from imposter syndrome. Did you feel like you were living as two separate people, one externally and one internally? And then how were you able to come together as one? Wow, absolutely. I was I, I had a double life, man. Um, and again, you know, when you're a celebrity, someone and, and you you reach some level of success, I like to say this all the time. I say success is the warmest place to hide, where you no one will call you on your junk. No one will it will you have a bunch of psychophants who are willing to tell you how great you are, how wonderful you are. And but I knew I wasn't good. Like I knew what I was doing. Like, the question I used to ask my wife was, why doesn't she believe me? But when I went to therapy, I had to realize the question needed to be, why am I lying? And let me tell you, I was confident in my lie where it was like, I let you believe I was the strongest and the best because it was about competing. It was about comparing yourself to everybody else. And you had to match up or you were gonna be inadequate. Um, one thing that I took from the world of sports is that when you were winning, you were better than everyone else. But when you but but when you think like that, inevitably, when you lose, you are now worse than everyone else. And this is the problem. I went through a huge depression when football ended, and I had to find a way to change my life and turn it all around. And I was sweeping floors in LA when I retired from the, from the NFL in 1997. And I thought when somebody handed me a broom, I thought I was going to die. And that slowly but surely, I realized that, wait a minute, no one's even thinking about me. No one, I had to really just totally revamp my life several times. And in these new reinventions of who I was, because you, we all have multiple personalities, but I had to redo each and every one of them and really make it stand for the truth. And the truth was, is that I, I was not the guy that I had built myself up to be. And I had to, my internal success had to match my external. And it took a long, long time, man. And it took a lot of people, a lot of faith, a lot of my wife, my family, and the people that were around me. I had to get rid of a lot of people because that was another thing. It was kind of like, 
you get a lot of people telling you how great you are. Um, but what I needed was people who were going to be honest. And let me tell you, I, I, I really got rid of a, a lot of people that I, I knew were going to take me out. And I, I cleaned out my circle, man, and totally revamped my life. I had to totally tear it down and build it back up again. It's incredible. Hey, listen, I know as a small business owner, you are juggling a hundred balls in the air and you do not have time to interview candidates who just aren't qualified for your role. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to find people that you want to interview faster and for free. Frankly, I don't know where I'd be without it. I always use it. I love LinkedIn Jobs. Here's what you should do. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Hey, did you know that every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers go to LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Rome. That's linkedin.com slash R-O-M-E to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. You know, today I always say this, like I've always said to people around me, especially when I hire and I try to build the, the staff and the company I have around me is do not tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear because you have no benefit to me. If you're telling me what you think I want to hear, tell me what I need to hear. And then when you talk about, I mean, essentially you are who you roll with. You have to clean out that, that circle around you if they don't serve you and make you better. And I know you figured that out. What I'm really curious about, how did you go from playing in the NFL to sweeping a broom? What was the process of then rebuilding yourself, rebuilding your mind, transforming yourself, transforming your mindset, your outlook? How did you go about reinventing yourself from the time you picked up that broom? You know what's crazy? As an athlete, you know, you think you have discipline, but it's, it's not. It's really fake. It's not a real discipline because you have a coach telling you when to wake up. You have people telling you when to eat. You have people telling you when to go to sleep. You know what I mean? It's it's not self-discipline. And the only discipline that works is self-discipline. And when I retired, I had a sense of entitlement, man, which was crazy. It was kind of like, you know, after all these years of bouncing around in the NFL, I felt the world owed me a living. I, you know, most guys in the NFL feel like at the end, you know, you I'm owed some sort of Hollywood career or this and that and you know everything because again you had people who were telling you how great you were the whole time and then the reality started to hit in and, my, and what was crazy is my wife was telling me the whole time hey Terry you need a job man we are going broke and I wouldn't do it and I had a friend who was my best friend to this day his name is Ken Harvey and he was a superstar linebacker for the the Redskins at the time all pro and he would give me loans and I would beg this guy for more and more loans. I must have took like 20 loans from this dude, all because I was trying to avoid actually getting a real job. And then one day he told me, no, Jim, he told me, no. I was like, what? Wait, 
uh, you know, I just need one more loan. He was like, no, nah, man, that's it. I can't do it anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. But in my mind, I was like, how in the hell? He's supposed to be my friend. How in the world is this dude going to turn me down for a loan? I was so entitled that I thought he owed me the money. Hmm. And a little voice came to me and it said, hey, man, why are you angry at the only man who helped you in the first place? I went to family members and asked for stuff and they would never give me anything. But this man, this is the one you're mad at. The one who's been helping you the whole time. And all of a sudden I saw myself as I really was. I was this entitled guy who had who would not grow up. And that changed. Like the next day, I went to a place called Labor Ready, where they put they literally put you to work for eight hours and you go get the money at the end of the day. And I swept the floors of this factory for eight hours in that in that one day got home. I made $8 an hour. I got 64 bucks. I took that. They gave me 48 after taxes. I gave my wife $20. I put $20 in the gas tank and I had $8 in my pocket. And I was like, I will never be broke again because I realized I needed to do whatever I needed to do to support my family. And it's all that ego bull and all that crap just did not work and, it, and that it's that whole sense of entitlement was going to kill me wow wow that's an amazing story terry an amazing story so when you look at the book tough my journey to true power terry i'm curious growing up how would you have defined or characterized toughness and then what is tough to you now as compared to then first of all growing up tough was like a revenge movie it was you were going to get back anybody who ever slighted you, anybody who ever downed you, degraded you. In fact, you were going to be so tough that there was nothing. You were going to be bulletproof. The, the whole like mentality was to make yourself bulletproof so that you could actually unleash your fury. Okay. And I mean, the ability to, to actually get back and take out anybody who ever doubted you. And I mean, with, with, a, with a punch, with an explosion, with whatever you needed to do. I mean, it got me through the NFL. It was that kind of pain and that kind of mentality that's like, all right, so you doubted me, I'm taking everything personal. You know, I mean, one thing is I was watching even The Last Dance and you look at how that, that kind of mentality helps yeah, it helped Michael Jordan for a long time. Everything was taken personal and it gives you energy that you could not believe because you always want to get people back. And let me tell you something, man, that was my version of tough. But the problem was it left me, it left me a scorched earth. Like everything, that revenge movie does not work. In fact, what I realized was that I could either have success or revenge, but I couldn't have both. And let me tell you what I mean. When you go for revenge, it always brings you back to the mud. When you're going for revenge, you have a chance to escape your surroundings. You have a chance to escape from people who will always bring you down. But you know what? Revenge always brings you back to them. Revenge always brings you back to the low spots. And that's when people find that's when they got them. And success, most of the time, is just leaving. Most success, most of the time, is just actually forgetting. I, there, there's one quote that I love. It says, intelligent decision-making 
sometimes requires that you forget what you've lost and reevaluate the situation as it exists today. I had to reevaluate my whole life, what, I, what was important to me, and to have true success was literally forgiving and forgetting, moving on, going to a new place, finding new territory, finding new things to do. You know, it's, it's so wild because in the NFL, I spent a lot of my time trying to get the NFL back because I felt like it, it didn't give me what I needed, what it promised me. But once I left and moved on, I got new success in a whole nother area. And that's what I started to realize. Like that was the one thing that was holding me back. It says, I always thought I was this old football player who should have been given something. But once I saw myself as a brand new person, as a brand new entertainer, reinvent yourself, totally get rid of the past. Now I could be, I could start over and I could be a, a total success. You know, you always have a reset button, but revenge doesn't let you press it. It just won't. You, you actually, you stay at the crap table trying to regain the money you're losing at the casino. And that you, we all know that never works. You're chasing, you're chasing. I mean, th this is chasing. absolute gold in this response. Hey, not to state the obvious, but we all have our favorite go-tos, right? Shirts, sweaters, jeans, the stuff that you wear all the time, your go-tos. And I'm here to tell you, my go-tos definitely are from Buck Mason. Buck Mason's clothes are second to none. They are timeless. They never go out of style. And everything that I own fits great right out of the box. Immediately, it becomes my go-to. Immediately, it becomes my new favorite. And Buck Mason makes all the essentials, jeans, shirts, jackets, all my go-tos, and so much more. I love the tailored look. I love the fit of their t-shirts. Even after wearing them and putting them through wash after wash, they still look amazing. In fact, they look as good as when I first wore them. Give an example, the curved hem tee, fantastic. GQ loves it as much as I do. In fact, they call it the best t-shirt in the game. That's a quote, best t-shirt in the game. I'm telling you. Find out what I already know. Find a new go-to. Once you try Buck Mason, they will become your go-tos as well. So head on over to buckmason.com slash Rome. Get a free t-shirt with your first order. That's B-U-C-K-M-A-S-O-N.com slash Rome. Take advantage of the deal. Get a free t-shirt with your first order. Buckmason.com slash Rome. I want to go back to that point about success is often in leaving because there's a major, major story in the book that you talk about. But this whole notion of revenge, revenge is not the answer. Terry, the, you tell this amazing story. Like you grew up in a home and you were talking about how your father was addicted to alcohol and your mother was yeah. addicted to religion and you had to find your way through this and your father was abusive and he yeah. beat your mother physically. So you're, you're going through this and you go to the weight room and you're getting bigger and you're getting stronger and you're getting powerful, I would imagine probably all these years you're thinking, maybe even fantasizing about finally getting your father back. And then ultimately, yep. finally, when you were 30, Terry, you did. What happened on that day? I did it. Dude, I did it. First of all, it, we call it the Christmas from hell. He hit my mother one more time. But at this time, I was out of the NFL. I was 30 years old. I was big. I was strong. And it was me and him in that house. And I beat his ass. 
And when I say beat, he was on the ground begging for his life. And I was all the whole time, I was like, this is the revenge that I always wanted since I was five years old. This is the thing that I thought was going to complete me. And it left me hollow. It left me with nothing. I remember him laying there bleeding on the ground and I sat on his bed and I just started crying, man. And I was like, it's empty. There's nothing here, nothing. Like I thought I would feel satisfied. I thought this was gonna make everything right. And it didn't. And I left there and I never went back for 10 years. And let me tell you, after the therapy and after all, I talked to doctors and I talked to therapists about what this was and what I had determined after talking to all those guys is that I needed to find one thing about my dad that I could thank him for. And because I needed to seal this thing up. And you know, the, the best thing I could think of is that he had me. And so I called him up and I, I actually got with him. And I said, hey man, I wanna thank you for having me. I wanna thank you because if you didn't have me, I wouldn't exist. And let me tell you something, Jim, he broke down, he mm, cried, wow. he hugged me. He was like, yo, he said, man, you don't, I'm sorry for everything I did. I'm sorry for beating your mom. I'm sorry for being this, being less than what I should have been to you and the rest of your family. And I just, I couldn't believe it, man. By actually leaving and actually not going after that revenge and actually finding one good thing I could find about this man was the healing that we needed. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say our relationship went back to great and all perfect, but let me tell you something. It definitely, definitely for me, it healed. You know, for me, it healed what I needed to get out of that whole thing. And it allowed me to move on. Cause let me tell you, I could have stayed in that anger and it would have ate me alive, man. I, I don't even know, if, I don't think I would be here today if I would have kept that kind of anger. Um, or, or I, I think I would have killed either him or, or myself, to be honest, because that stuff just can't sit in your life. No, how could you, right? How could you? So, Terry, you go to therapy and you spend a lot of time and you put in the time and the work and you go to therapy and you had hit rock bottom and your wife said, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm going to leave. And then your life starts to get better and you learn there is success in leaving. There is success in leaving and you're becoming this new person. And let's understand, this was not just a one-off. Like when you say that if you had issues back in the day, I mean, I'm not talking about like verbal verbal things like you were knocking suckers oh. out if you had a problem with somebody oh, you'd yeah. knock them the hell I out was right punching people out in the street man picking them up and putting them on their head on the concrete that's how it was okay I mean, this what i'm saying like to so, me that was being a man you that, know what i mean that's what you were taught that's what you were taught that's what that's what oh. you were taught that's how you were brought up and I'm, I'm saying this not to glorify this i'm saying this to set up my next point this is how you handled matters and especially right. in the street if you were disrespected or if you were threatened this is what you did and you were a big strong powerful guy really strong so then you fast forward ahead and you've done this work and you've learned and that there is success in leaving and then in 2017, you go to a Hollywood party and a prominent agent approaches you at that party. What happened that night? Hey, man, this dude, he literally sexually assaulted me. He grabbed me in my privates. OK, I'm trying to be I'm going to be really, you know, not as graphic as it was as it happened. And I pushed the guy back. Believe you me, people, a lot of people feel like, oh, man, I let somebody do that. I didn't let anybody do anything. I pushed him back and said, what are you doing? 
and he comes back again. And he, he's, I don't know what he's on. I don't know what he's doing. And then I push him back again. I'm like, yo, get off of me. And he starts to laugh. And dude, I'm sitting there. I have been degraded. I feel like I've been, you know, uh, emasculated in front of my wife was right there. And I'm in this party. I'm the only black man in the party. And I'm sitting here going, what in the world just happened? And he's laughing. Now, all the old school Terry Crews would have done was put a hole in this guy's head. Uh, I don't even know he could have survived something that I, you know, how I would have been in the old days. But after all this therapy, I realized I didn't have to do anything. I realized what my true power was. And I realized that I could walk away because my wife and I had all, we'd been through so much and rebuilding my life and rebuilding this person that I, I needed to be. I had my power and I sued him and he ended up not being, he had to leave the agency and, you know, the whole thing. But at the same time, you know, I, it's not that I let anybody get away with anything, but it was just about, hey, man, I realize who I am. And a lot of that other stuff was all out of insecurity. It was all about me picking people up and proving I had to punch people because I was insecure in who I was. And I realized something, man. And it, through all that therapy, that Terry Crews was enough. And I don't have to put people on their head in order to still be who I am. But at the same time, there were different, smarter ways of dealing with all this stuff. You know, before my answer to everything used to be turn over the chess table. If I didn't know, uh, know the, the next move to make on the chessboard, I'd just turn it over. Now I think my way through the whole game. You know what I mean? Now I can make intelligent decisions, intelligent moves. And let me tell you, man, I, I have to say, man, that's, that's one of the things that young men, uh, you know, especially coming from the place I came from, that they, they just turn over the chessboard every time and, and it literally ruins their lives. And there are so many times I, I came close to ruining my own life. This is why I'm the most grateful man in Hollywood, because I know I, I have it and I still have everything that I was given. I have more than I was supposed to have. And I'm so thankful for that. I know this. I think when you talk about that, when you talk about young men turning over the chessboard, you write about this too, toxic masculinity. Just the one more thing, that story is so amazing to me on so many levels, but I want to make one last point. So many people do not understand that the powerful thing was not to break this dude's face, but rather to walk away. That was the hard thing to do. So, Terry, what did you make of the reaction when you went public with what happened and then you get absolutely roasted on social media for it? For ironically, Terry, this is great. For ironically, quote, a lack of toughness or for fake muscles or popcorn muscles or whatever you want to call it. You know what's funny is that you know, all I have to do is literally tell you, like, if just imagine had I knocked this guy out, would you have believed anything that I said that he did that night? And the, and the answer I know for a fact is no, no one would have believed me. Everyone would have said, oh, Terry got too much to drink. He's big. He's muscular. He's big. He's gonna, he was just one, waiting to knock somebody out that night. But the thing is, the reason you believe is because I told you. And because I could sit here and I didn't do anything. And I realized that is true toughness. Like when I say tough, it's not the ability to throw punches anymore. 
Tough is the ability to endure them, the ability to make the wise decision, the ability to calm things down, the ability to make peace, because war is easy. War is the easiest thing in the world. It's the easiest thing to just go. And let me tell you, and I, and I talk about young men right now, and you look about in this climate of young kids shooting people up and finding ways to just go places and kill people and all this stuff, man. It's the easy way out because these guys are thinking revenge. They're thinking, they're getting people back. And this anger and all this stuff, they have no other way to deal with it. They've never figured it out and try to figure out things another way. And I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've been that person who blew up things and all of a sudden, tour, you know, uh, what was supposed to be a great evening was ruined by my temper and my anger. But when I look at the, 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 just the mood and, and the, the spirit of a young man today, and I, and I just, it makes my heart break because there was a way, there was a way out for either, all of this stuff, man. And I'm just, I look at this man and I go, I'm so thankful that I had to come forward and tell young men that there is another way to live. There's another way to be. You don't have to do this. You don't have to go out and get everybody back. You can find another way to live. And if I want to be that example, I think that's part of my purpose. That's the reason I was spared. And that's the reason why I'm here today. Amazing. And it's so powerful. So really quickly, if you had to think about this for one moment, what is the single best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Or something that comes to mind if I ask you, who gave you some great advice? What were you told? Oh, man, the best advice I've ever gotten right now is, is when my wife left me. And my friend of mine told me, and he pulled me to the side. He said, hey, man, I can't promise you that you're going to get your wife and family back but you need to get better for you. Now you have to understand something, Jim. I, everything I ever did in my life was cookies. Uh, and, and the reason I didn't do bad things is, for, is so I could avoid punishment. It wasn't because of the moral clause or anything that I had internally. It was always because you do good things so you can get, you know, you get you know, rewards or you don't do bad things so you don't get punished. But the thing is getting better for you is all internal. It's all just being a good person to be a better person. And when you go about your life like that, your world gets better. Everything around you gets better. Your environment gets better. But when you're doing stuff for cookies or, or to avoid punishment, it's really, you're just trying to, you, you're, you're serving the image. And that best advice, man, saved my life. And I, to this day, every day, I'm looking about how can I get better for me? How can I be a better human being just to be a better human being? And let me tell you, my life reflects that, everything. I'm, I have my wife today. I have my family. I have my success. And it comes with no sorrow. Without question, one of my favorite conversations we have ever had on this podcast. Terry, leave me with this. You know, there's certain things that you cannot put a price on. There's certain parts of your craft that are even hard to explain. I'm just kind of curious. When you think of everything you've done on the small screen, on the big screen, on the canvas, is there anything more rewarding than co-starring with me in The Longest Yard? And <laughs> on top of that, I need to know, given that I had as big or, frankly, a much bigger role than you, given those royalty <laughs> checks that I get, my brother, I wonder how yeah. they compare to you. Yours. 
Oh, dude, I, I love being in the longest yard, man. Let me tell you, that right there, I mean, with Michael Irvin and all the wrestlers and Chris Rock and Sandler and all. Me. It, 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 was, a hev- it was heaven on earth, man. It was, it was one of the best things I ever did. I, again, when I tell you I'm the most grateful man in Hollywood, it's impossible to be more grateful because I know where I could be. I know. You gotta understand, man. I should be dead right now. I, I I should be either that or in jail. I'll be honest with you. And I look back and how I was spared and to be able to do all the wonderful things I do, man. I am full of energy and gratitude every day. Terry, you know what's amazing? One last thought about that movie. Like, for instance, I mean, I know obviously from sports, a lot of those guys, like I've told the story a million times. Like Romo, Bill Romanowski is a good friend of mine, and Romo, yeah. Romo's a wild man. Michael Irvin, I'll never forget the first time I met him when he was still like really active as a member of the triplets, man. He walks in, he's larger than life. But the funny thing about me getting that bit role in that movie is I had Adam Sandler on my radio program to promote another movie. And I'm like, Adam, yo, man, like maybe you might put me in one of your movies. He said, Yeah, I'll do that. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, you won't. And sure enough, when the longest yard came up, <laughs> the call came in. And Terry, not only did he give me that role, but this is how good a dude he is. And you know this. Adam yep. comes into the trailer, sits on the floor with me for 15 minutes, and is just chatting me up. Just about how you doing, That's how you Adam. feel, how you, you feel good, how you feeling good to have you here. Really a pleasure to have you here. And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Are we, are we having this conversation? Is that really you? But that's Adam, right? Dude, he called every time we did a movie project, he called me up. Hey, man, we're going to Africa. You want to do this movie with me? I'm going, what in the world is happening? You know, and we did blend it together and then we did click together. And then we he just calls me up, man. He's like, hey, he's that dude, man. And he's always been like a big brother to me in his business. And, you know, Jim, it's funny, too, man. I got to say this. You know, I was on the Rams in 1991 and this is right after you know, Jim Everett, this was right before, before, Jim Everett before. Did that, that whole thing to you, you know, you talk about the revenge thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and it's funny because the next year he was on the new Orleans saints and the whole deal and, and that big thing. And I, I'll never forget that. Cause I was, I was really right into, you know, my first years in the NFL at that time. And to see what you have become over these years, man, I've watched and I was like, man, I remember you know, with, with Jim Everett coming at him and the whole thing, but you you took that and you bounced it off, man, and you you took it and you ran and you became a better person, man. You really, really took the most, made the most out of this thing. I'm proud of you, brother. My man, I, Terry, that means so much to me that you just said that. And I've always, I, just so you know, in case you don't know, I've always said. That was a really bad night I had at the office. That was a bad night. I did not handle that well. I've apologized for years for that. But I didn't want that to define me. I wanted to make sure that everybody knew I made a mistake. I am sorry for what I did. That was not my intention for that guy to come over the table. But I do not want that to define me. I need to work my way back. And I think that you certainly, you understand that. That's what I mean. Uh, That's exactly what you did. You totally took something that could have been you know, somebody would have bragged about it and ah, nah, nah, and nah. you took it, you apologized. You are a total man about it. You did the tough thing, but look at you now, man. Now you have the success. You know what I mean? Because you ate that and you really, it, it was a tough thing. 
and you did it, man. You did the work, bro. Terry, you understand that? Like, like I'm. It's so. I can't tell you how good it makes me feel for somebody like you to say that and understand that that it was not a good thing. That's not what I wanted. People still to this yeah. day say to me that was awesome. That was a setup, right? That was staged. No. I'm like, no, 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 no. Nope. I did not nope. want that to happen. That could have ended my career. I did not want to be known as that guy. I want to be known nope. for somebody who worked really hard and cared about his craft. No, that was not good. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but. You see how that trick is, Jim? You see the trick? You know what I mean? It, it would have been different if, had I hit that agent. You know what I mean? And, and, and of course, the certain parts of the world are going to be like, oh, man, you were a punk, you were weak, or whatever. Or they glorify the fact that you put people on the concrete and all that. And, that. <laughs> and man, first of all, you can't. I realize that that's a trick. It's a trick. Because you know what? First of all, the best rappers in the world are dead. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's really sometimes you got to be called that corny guy. You got to be that guy who just sits back and, you know, I'm going to be chill and I'm not going to do anything. And everybody calls you corny and whatever. But that guy lives to be 95. You know what I mean? And I realized if I was going to live, if I was going to have a successful life, I had to learn how to apologize. I had to learn how to, to take the low spot and just say, hey, man, you win, man. It's not a problem. I'll look weak right now. It's okay. Because the thing is, is that we, are, this is a game that long, that's a long, long life. And we have to live this thing for, for more than ourselves. And I had to say that and you did that and I am doing it. And I'm so, so grateful for the guys and people out there who finally, who can understand what we're trying to say. My man, Terry, I want to say, one, how much I appreciate you. Two, that you show up like this for this conversation. That is amazing. Not because this is who you are. I understand this, but it doesn't mean that you're going to show up or... People don't always show up as they are. I mean, you literally, again, just put it all out there. And I appreciate you so much. For those who have not seen or forgot, tell me again, America's Got Talent, when is it on and when can they find the show? Yes, America's Got Talent comes on every Tuesday night at 8. It's the the summer show. It's so wonderful, man. 8 o'clock on NBC. You got to check it out, man. It's absolutely phenomenal. The book, in addition to that show, the book is called Tough, My Journey to True Power. It is absolutely incredible. It is available wherever you get your books. It is an amazing read. It's a courageous project. Terry, I salute you for writing that book, to putting those thoughts on paper. And, man, I can't tell you. Like, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. This, so far, when nothing lives up to the hype, this smashed all of my expectations. I have such an appreciation and admiration and respect for you, my guy. Thank you so much, Terry. Just wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you, you, man. And, again, I'm honored, man. And um, I'm always going to be an open book, man. My thing is, is, is through the transparency and telling my story, that's the only way. You're going to help people. So I, I again, I love your, your fans. I love your audience. And I love you, brother. It's all good, dude. Can't wait for us to meet in person. <laughs> dude, I love you, too. I cannot wait for that. And on that final note, man, true transformation comes through true transparency. Terry, thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Again, am I right? Was that not unbelievable and inspiring? And did you have any idea that that was the way that Terry Crews was built? 
and that he had to completely tear it all down and rebuild himself to live the extraordinary life that he's living right now. That he had to hit rock bottom in order to finally realize not only did he not have all the answers, but he really didn't have any at all. But that's okay. In fact, that's better than okay. Terry is not the first person to illustrate on this pod that bottoming out is actually a good thing. As long as you recognize it for what it is, why it happened, how you got there, how it was your thoughts and choices and decisions that put you there, and that it will be your thoughts and choices and decisions that enable you to dig your way out. Terry is proof of that. And don't come at me and say, yeah, well, he's different. Look at him. He's a star. Terry said it himself. He's not special. He is no different than you or me. In fact, he hit rock bottom like so many of you. He went from allegedly living the dream and having the life, playing the NFL, to pushing a broom. Literally. Again, he said it himself. He was entitled. He really thought the universe owed him something because he was that special. Don't we all know people like that? Hell, look in the mirror. Aren't we all to a certain degree like that ourselves? Entitled, lacking in personal accountability, quick to pass the buck or blame somebody else. By the way, ask me. The universe does not owe you or me or anyone else anything at all. Seems to me the universe actually has a pretty twisted sense of humor because good things often happen to bad people and bad things often happen to good people. And I can assure you, if you're sitting on your ass thinking the universe owes you something, the universe is going to bite you in the ass. That said, it's also my opinion that while the universe does not owe you anything, it does tend to favor those who are prepared, those who work. And I mean really work. Those who go from thinking they're stars and making a ton of money to pushing a broom and clearing about 20 bucks a day after taxes, gas, and shipping off some for their significant other. You want to talk about never judging a book by its cover. Terry Crews looked like one of the most powerful people on the planet externally. But internally, he was shattered, insecure, and scared. You know, like most of us. But unlike most of us, he finally realized it. And just in time, before he lost his wife or broke another face, or worse, as his wife said, somebody killed him. He realized he could not live that way any longer. So he went to work, and he rebuilt himself, and his marriage, and his career, and his entire life. And he did it. Brick by brick, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, he actually did completely reinvent and transform himself from being in the NFL to pushing a broom and nearly beating his own father to death and destroying a marriage, being addicted to pornography and without any direction or purpose to the man you see right now, actor, author, artist, activist, host, father, husband, and an unbelievable inspiration. Again, brick by brick, day by day, keep stacking them. My thanks to Terry Crews. Look for him on America's Got Talent and be sure to pick up his book, Tough. It really is an incredible read and he is an amazing life force. What incredible energy. If you like what you heard, be sure to let him know on social media. And if you get a second, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it with anybody who you think might need or enjoy it. Thanks again for stopping by. Always stay after it. And I will see you next time right here on The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.